As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hear that podcast growling? Hear that co-host shouting, it's Dana and Jay. All right, welcome into the special Christmas edition of Hear That Podcast Growl. And Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you to the Bengal Boys who have given us our proper Christmas intro music this week. Um, shout out to them as always. Jay, how we doing? Doing great. Looking forward to the holiday. Looking forward to these final two games as the 2020 season Finally, mercifully, ticks off. You know, take that back. The Bengals just gave their fans <laughs> what they have needed for so long. I, 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 can, can we open with a little rant? It's actually, it's not a rant. It's actually positive. It's, it's actually positive, Jay. And that is this. And I want to shout out to my guy, uh, Logi513, who's a, like a longtime loyal follower on Twitter who pointed this out to me, something that I have talked about for years that I can't believe I did not bring up yet, is that, you know what? The expectations are not that you're going to win the Super Bowl every year and not that you're going to win a playoff game every year. And in fact, sometimes you're not going to win a lot of games. But at the bare minimum, as a franchise, you have to give your fan base a moment every once in a while to remind them and keep them on board with why they are fans of your team. And the Bengals for so long, and I have screamed about this, have just haven't even given their fans a moment. Just give them a moment to like make them remember why you do this, why you are a fan. And on Monday night, in the bleakest of seasons, in the darkest of spots, Von Bell <laughs> and the Bengals gave their fan base a moment. And so there's no mercifully. They just this this was what this is what fans needed. It may it may prove to mean nothing, but it was what fans needed. And so good on them for making it happen and for this season because I think it takes moments like that. You know the pride. Did you receive texts from friends or family members, uh, like wearing their Bengals gear? I got like multiple people who were like sending me stuff. Look, I'm wearing like all proud. You know, the next day ready to shove it in anybody's face if they can and i'm like you know 
it's been a while since anybody's felt comfortable even putting that on and, and in, in that way, that's for sure. I didn't get those kind of texts. I had a ton of texts that I just didn't see because they came in toward the end of the game and we're busy and then we're doing the podcast and writing. And so when I got home around 4.30 a.m., I was scrolling through them all and I thought about replying to people, but I didn't want to I didn't want to ding their phones and wake them up at 4.30 in the morning. But <laughs> I, I was curious about that. How many fans would not wear the gear, but would talk smack? It's been so long since they've beaten the Steelers, and, and you know it could be 11 more <laughs> after this one. Do, do you go out on that ledge and start talking a little smack? Or I, I wonder how fans I think so. that. Again, you've got, I mean, you've, got to, you've got to take every chance you can get. And it's just you know, they've just waited so long to beat the Steelers and to do it when they really needed it and kick them while they're down and, and intimidate them and have the Von Bell hit, which shout out Josh Sneed, already a shirt at Cincy Shirts if you want one. Uh, if you talk, we will knock. <laughs> I really enjoyed. Uh, you know, Josh never misses a moment. Uh, so if you want one of those. But, you know, and it's just sort of that that hit is going to replay. I mean, the million, uh, the memes that are out there already, the internet is just... It's just relentless. I mean, and you have all of this, and it just it makes fans happy to be a Bengals fan for a day, which so often they're not. And it's and really, it's just all you need. You gotta if people are gonna put money, time, effort, and energy into you into your product, it better give them something besides sadness and angst. <laughs> And something to yell about. It better give them some happiness at some point. That is any business, any product. And the Bengals are guilty of not giving enough back with their product, particularly in the recent five years. Really over the course of a longer haul, but that's another story from their day. But at the very least, they could give a little bit of something with what they were able to do on Monday night. And that's that's important. And we touched on it in the walkout too. I mean, it was the best of both. It was the best of all three worlds. You win on prime time, you beat the Steelers, and you don't screw up yet your draft position. They they with that win alone, they stayed in third. I mean, there was no no fan out there could have been upset with what happened Monday night. Was, you know, you look back at that Dolphins game last year, and as amazing as that comeback was, and they they could have won that game, and and Bengals fans are pulling their hair out because they don't want them to win, and that wasn't the case Monday night. I think. Every Bengal fan, even the ones that that want to see change and, and want to see uh, bad things happen, I, I think every Bengal fan could enjoy what what happened Monday night from from the hit to the 17 nothing lead to almost blowing it and then bowing up and, and saving it and, and finishing strong. I just it was it was a moment that I think a lot of Bengal fans will remember for a long, long time, um, regardless of how whether they turn this around. Yeah, I mean, we still talk about some of the games from those bad seasons of the 90s. In fact, we'll do that in a second at the end because they're they're memorable for different reasons, you know, whether it's Danny Farmer in the snow over the Steelers or any number of these types of late this some some of them are just they're just memorable games for some reason and this was one because it was checking a lot of boxes, checking off Steelers, checking off primetime, 
checking off not being a national embarrassment. In fact, having a little bit of respect and pride for your your franchise. At least fans feel that. This was kind of one for the fans, really, in the big picture, more than anything. Um, so we've got a lot to get to, lot to get to here. I want to talk a little bit, expound a little bit on something we had from the walkout, which was did this save Zach Taylor's job? I think there's you can throw Lou Anarumo into this mix too, as people assess this defense and weighing progress versus results and those types of things. Um, we're going to get into that. We're going to, you know, it's it's the Christmas season. And so if you have a podcast or a radio show, you know what you do. You give gifts. You got, you, you, we're going to, we're going to play into it. We'll, we'll play along. So we've got some gifts, some Bengals related gifts. Um, and I have some uh, audio that I think you'll enjoy to hear from Bengals safety. Jesse Bates recently snubbed by the Pro Bowl egregiously. Um, and we're going to have some run passer boots. Jay's got, we've got some, some kind of happy stats and some, some we, we, we've, I mean, it's still sad in a lot of ways. So we, we've got some of those. We're going to talk a little bit about the Houston game on Sunday. Cause reminder, this is our only podcast this week with the holiday and everything else going on. The late game, one podcast this week, and we'll be back with the walkout on Sunday after the game against the Texans. Uh, we will talk about that game. We will talk a little bit about the importance of draft position and the impact of some things happening in college football right now, uh, predictions, all of those things. Let's let's go here. Um, there's something that I'm right that's up in TWIB, and that is the, what we talked about, the concept of fool's gold or real momentum. And I think there's logical arguments to be made on both sides um, in relation to a coaching staff. Look, this was the habit of teams in the late 90s as things just spiraled hard. And we saw it over and over again. I'll run down the history. You know, these late season wins on bad teams that kept staffs around and what that meant. 1998, Bengals are 2-11. They win in Pittsburgh on December 20th, 25-24 as a double-digit underdog. Keep Bruce Coslett. 1999, so the keepers call the comeback start. 99, they start off 1-10. They rip off three in a row at the end, including a 2018 victory in Pittsburgh as a double-digit underdog. Close fast, save Coslett yet again despite the slow start. 2000, start 2-10, including Coslett. Deuces up after three games. He's out. After 37, uh, nothing. 37 and nothing. They finish winning two of four, including a 17-14 victory at home against Jacksonville as a double-digit underdog. And give interim coach Dick LeBeau another year. Um, give him the job permanently. 2001, they start four and ten. But they rip off wins in each of the final two games of the year, including a wild overtime victory against Pittsburgh. Danny Farmer as eight-and-a-half-point underdogs give LeBeau another year. The Bengals would then go 2-14 and 14 and bring in Marvin Lewis the next season. And, of course, we've also referenced Marvin Lewis, thinking he would be out in 2017. They win two games late, and they keep bringing him back for another year. This, this history is something. I think these – you know, but on the other side, you see – what the defense can play like, what they can look like, what what this can be real momentum, a win in prime time uh, with not a whole lot of people out there does show what your team and you can do, what you can build, especially if you get all of those pieces back. You know, and if you look like that with these guys, what do you look like 
with Burrow, Mixon, Jonah Williams, CJ Uzama, DJ Reader, Trey Waynes, Auden Tate, Logan Wilson, all people that weren't out there. What do you look like then? And I think both sides of those, I, I could listen to and believe in both sides of those. Which side do you fall on, Jay, that you believe more? It's tough. Um, I don't know. I There is definite progress right now, but it's like you, you look at who they've faced. I mean, you, Alex Smith making his first start in forever. Um, a, ba- a Daniel Jones goes down, and you're, then they're playing a backup quarterback in Colt McCoy. You've got Andy Dalton, who's a backup. you got Ben Bent, Big Ben, who doesn't look like himself at all. I mean, as impressive as the defense has been in this, you know, post buy situation, how much of it is fool's gold? Um, how much of it is due to the fact that they're, they're just the, the way they've had to change everything because if with burrow out, the offense is different that the defense has to play a little different. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know regardless of whether he's deserving or not, I don't know that you can, you can sell keeping Lou and Zach for next year. It feels like they have to make some sort of change. Now maybe, maybe if week 16 and week 17, they go out and they, they totally shut down Deshaun and the Texans, Deshaun Watson and the Texans and, and Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Then you say, Hmm, maybe something is building. Maybe something is rolling here, but I, I do. It feels like they need to make, a change, um, and, and maybe that's not ideal to, to switch schemes yet again. But it it, it just I'm I'm not as as impressive as the turnaround has been, despite the injuries. I'm I'm still not sold on. Let's just keep the band together and and roll it into 2021. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, and the I just think at some point you have to just look at the overall. You can't get obsessed with progress progress is fine right they i bought progress last year you know they were bad through the first eight and the second eight they played better and it was well you know what took some while it took a while to get used to the scheme new players learn the personnel then they figured it out and late in the season they were playing better football yeah this year whatever the excuses are about what was happening during that critical stretch mid-season um, you know, is it are we just going to blame lack of personnel? The bottom line is they still rank in the bottom half of the league in everything. And some and in a lot of key stats, the bottom five in everything over the course of the full season. And at a certain point, like and I know we're going to talk about injuries, but like I'm just not going to I'm just not going to do that. It's your second year. Guys are in the system. And we look at it over the big picture of the year. This is about consistency. This isn't about progress. You know? Guys, it's about where did you end? This is results business. I, I like to look at things through over the course of 16 games where you had ups and downs, and every team battled ups and downs and injuries and COVID and everything else. How'd you do in the things that matter? And for the defense, they just they're, they're, it's bottom half in the second year. Despite, you know, we, and I'm just, you know, I, to me, it's fine that they're playing better, and I love the attitude that they had on, on, on Monday night, and you want games to look like that all the time. They haven't. 
What do coaches say every time we ask them about evaluating players? Consistency. I want to see consistency. They can make splash plays. They can have great games. I need to see it week to week. I do the same thing when I evaluate the coaching staff, and in this case, we're talking about defense and the way they're progressing. I need to see consistency. I need to see 16 games. What does it look like? And I just, when you look at that, they rank where they rank, man. <laughs> that's that's who they are defensively. And that doesn't mean that that's a, I think that really a lot of that goes for the whole coaching staff too. They're, it's all under their umbrella. Um, you can't get obsessed with one win and progress is nice. It's better than the opposite. But it's also about figuring it out quicker. <laughs> Isn't coaching about who can figure it out to figure out the problems and fix them and get them going the right way the quickest? Because that's what wins you games, doesn't cost you games early. I think that's part of this. Yeah, and you look at player development too. I mean, has, has Jermaine Pratt taken a big leap in year two? No. Um, Darius Phillips has improved. He's he's a young guy that that's had a couple years now and with this team. But um, Jesse Bates, I, William I, Jackson have have improved this year in the second year with Lou. Yes, for sure. Um, J- Will kind of on the uh, the roller coaster d- yeah, was going true. down and then coming back up. Um, I, I'm. Akeem Davis Gaither has not gotten better as this year has gone on. Uh, Logan Wilson has been impressive, but I don't know that I've seen an actual a real incline there. He started off fairly fairly strong for what they for what a lot of people expected, and he's he's kind of leveled since then. I, I don't know. I just I, I I don't think it would hurt to start over. You could you could maybe go get the wrong guy, but I I think you've got a better shot of of making this defense what it needs to be by going out and, and and getting not just a new coordinator but a couple new assistant coaches they over there too and and even with the challenge of a new scheme you're presumably going to have a whole off season I, I just think it's too much of a of rolling the dice I'm not saying that the, this staff can't eventually figure it out and get it done but there's no guarantee of that and it, it just feels like you this is where they they need to take a chance, take a blind flyer, go get a a veteran, a, a guy that's got some skins on the wall um, to 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 take over this defense. And and we've said it, it, it they they don't have to be top ten defense. Just be average with with what you figure this offense can be with Joe Burrow and all the pieces they have. Um, I I think it it's going to be interesting to see. I know Zach thinks a lot of Lou, but I'm not sure. You, you can let that relationship get in the way. I think that they've got to move on. Yeah, I pro- I, yeah. to me that hasn't changed, and I don't think it changes with Monday. I, I just I always go back to the big picture, and and I think that's got to be part of it. You just, you just can't get enamored with progress as much as that is important. Um, again, it's better than the other way, but you can't get enamored with one game of progress. You still have to look at the big picture, and the big picture just isn't good. It just, it just isn't good enough, um, and you got to have some kind of change. Let's not forget, you know, 524 and 1. Before we move on, let's take a quick break. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on Direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's give some Christmas gifts, shall we? It is the season. We're the giving sort around here. Uh, we have much appreciation. Merry Christmas to all of our listeners, subscribers. If you if, if you're sitting here and you're listening to this, it's Christmas Eve day, and you are like. I have like five people on my list that I have not given a gift to. We are here for you. You love this podcast. So you know the good work that happens at The Athletic. Over 50,000 stories this past year, 10,000 podcasts. All super insider quality stuff at a delicious cheap price. Guess what? Buy one, gift one. Buy one, you can give one as a gift. Give gifts, fill your gifts. People will love to have it. They will thank you all year long. It's like it's like the Jelly of the Month Club. That's the <laughs> gift that keeps on giving the whole year long. That it is, Edward. That it is. <laughs> you just can't go wrong. You're gonna you're gonna no. see smiles, smiles and faces, smiles on the faces when you give it. So I highly recommend that. Let's. But we're gonna give gifts now. You give that to your friends. We're gonna give some gifts to the Bengals. I'll let we we've each got three. I'll let you go first, Jay. What's your first gift that you'd like to give to the Bengals? Um, well, I'm I'm gonna give something to AJ Green, and I'm gonna give him every red zone target the last two games. Really, what I want to do, <laughs> I want to give him, I want to give him two touchdowns. I want him. I, I it feels like it's over here, and I would like to see him leave as the franchise leader in touchdown catches, and it's gonna take. One to tie, two to pass. Ocho Cinco, Chad Johnson. I want. I would really like to see AJ get that, and I, I don't have the capability of throwing him the ball, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna make it possible in any. This is like fantasy gift giving, and and I, I would love to see whether it's two this week, one this week, one in week seventeen. I want him to get that record. I like that, and you know what? I'll, I have a gift that will kind of go with your gift. Uh and I'm gonna. It's for AJ and Gino, and for the Bengals front office. I got them all giant, beautiful sterling silver picture frames. Remember the good times, you know. <laughs> Let's not let the way it ended here and the frustrating nature of the last couple of years, where a lot of bad decisions were made on every side, uh, and a lot of bad luck happened to everybody get in the way of remembering uh, a great run, a pretty remarkable run for two of the greatest players in this franchise's history as they move on to go finish their careers elsewhere, more than likely. So I'm giving everybody picture frames, maybe frame that 67th receiving touchdown yes. photo, uh, maybe a frame of the last Geno sack. I'd have to look up when that was. Uh, 
<laughs> you know, I'd frame I'd frame the one of him sacking Carson Palmer. I think that's maybe his yeah. most famous. Um, or one of him on top of Ben Roethlisberger in that winner, you know, take all to the playoffs game. So I say, you know what? Remember those those times, and the Bengals should remember it too as they move on as well. Because um, that's what you do. Sometimes you just move on, keep yeah. the picture frames in your mind, right, Jay? That's right. That's right. Slideshows. <laughs> I feel like you've you've created a couple of slideshows oh, in your time. Yeah. That, that's my go-to gift for my wife for anniversaries <laughs> and Mother's Day. And, a slideshow? Well, yeah, slideshow, and you put it to music, and then she can she can make it as a screensaver on her work laptop or, or her work computer, or uh, we can watch it on a DVD. We we still go back and watch them. It's it's fun to watch the kids grow as the the slideshow goes along. Yeah, your kids aren't going to be giving out a lot of DVD slideshows. I can tell you that much because no. I don't think DVDs. I don't. I don't have a DVD player. I don't think we have one in our house, which we I've, probably I've been, should because we own some DVDs. But it's been a while. Yeah, I have an external one, so I have to plug it into my laptop and then run the laptop HDMI into my TV to watch a DVD. Oh, Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Uh, more gifts. What else do you have, Jay? Okay, you mentioned bad decisions. Um, I'm giving Mike Brown a time machine and Ooh. I'm not going to tell him what to do. I'm just, I would just like to, I would be interested to see what, what year he would go back to and, <laughs> and, and, and what changes he would make. First of all, Mike would want to go back to like a war from the 18th century. He's True. a history buff. You know what I mean? He's like, he doesn't, he's not interested in going back and redoing any Bengals decisions. He wants to go see like, you know, George Washington uh, having a conversation about, you know, uh, crossing the Delaware or something. I don't know. I, I'll make that stipulation that it has to be, it only goes back to 1991. Okay. To present. And, what 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 year he would go to and what changes he would make would would make for a a fascinating uh watch well the next time we have access to mike whenever that yes. may ever be again i think you should ask him what year he would go to if you gave him a time machine <laughs> <laughs> oh man i would i actually would really love to hear that answer yeah i, I would too. i think he would give you a thoughtful response i think I think he would. Uh, all right. I have a gift for Joe Burrow. It's a big box. It's a it's a really big box. This, this is the biggest box I've ever had to wrap. It took two whole rolls of wrapping paper. Uh, inside of it is Penny Sewell and Joe Tooney. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a big box, okay? Uh, Merry Christmas to you, Joe Burrow. Here's some real protection uh, in front of you. Uh, you, you deserve it. You earned it. And, uh, maybe for better things in the year to come for you, uh, fairly self-explanatory gift, um, that the Bengals would get the draft pick that they want and actually invest in having a real line. Maybe. I, I just have this vision of Joe, like a little kid, opening that, and then Panay and Joe Tooney jumping out like puppies and jumping all over him, and Joe Burrow giggling. And, oh. Yeah, easy on my knee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, what's your third gift? Okay, this is for everybody, Ooh. and it's for. I, I thought about giving the fans something, but you mentioned it. The fans got their gift Monday night. Yeah, they did. 
And I thought about giving everybody in the organization a $10 Arby's gift card. But I'm not. <laughs> oh, man. Talk about the gift that keeps on. Yeah. Getting. I mean, geez, I, I would be their favorite beat writer forever. So instead, I'm going to this is this goes for everybody. I'm going to give them an indoor practice facility. Wow. And and I'm I'm putting my name on it. And I'm going to put my name on the roof with my Venmo ID and everybody that drives across the bridge can see that I did that and they can donate to me. And, and maybe I, I get the, the positive vibe of supplying the gift and then maybe I recoup the money as well. Wow. I didn't know you were doing so well, Jay. <laughs> Giving out indoor <laughs> practice facilities over here. That's a. I said dude. it was fantasy gift giving. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more about your stocks. <laughs> uh, all right. My last gift is to Jesse Bates. It is an all pro nod. And uh, hold on. That's not the only thing. Actually, it's one of those gifts that like is interactive and it shows up. All right. Okay. Yep. Back it up. Beep, beep. Beep. That's that's the Brinks truck. Yep. It's coming down to it's just gonna it's just gonna pile the money onto your driveway and put a bow on top. Uh, here's your fifteen million dollar per year contract market topper uh, that you're gonna get this off season from the Bengals. Um, I had a, I, I had a chance to talk to Jesse about that, and it was uh, a great interview. I really appreciated him giving me the time, and uh, we talked at length. And one of the topics was. The idea of sticking around here, and he, I, I th he was more excited about and open about wanting to be here long term and the plans associated with that than I thought he would be. Um, and so I'm going to bring you some of this audio. Here's here's audio of me talking to Jesse Bates and Jesse discussing. The idea of being here long term, what that means, what that looks like, and the importance of it to him. I mean, you're kind of becoming like a household name now. Is that some, are, are you are you comfortable with that? And is it? Do you feel like that's a thing that's happening? Yeah, um, I think that kind of comes with as you as you continue to go into um, years um, years of experience and stuff like that. People supporting the same person, uh, they not only figure out that I'm pretty good at football. But um, I'm actually a good person to, um, you know, I'm going to be a good person for this community uh, moving forward. So, um, you know, as long as um, the Bengals and I have an agreement on everything, uh, I, I would love to stay here. That's what, I, you know, I was going to ask you that because, uh, you know, no secret, uh, you're extension eligible after this year. And, uh, I, I mean, I, I remember I was reading about, I mean, you were playing. You came out early and and liked being a second round pick because you were thinking about when you could get to the second contract. And you're a businessman on the side. I mean, I, yeah, obviously that's very much part of you. I mean, how much do you start to think about that now as it comes a little bit closer? And and how would you? What's your? What is your interest in in trying to stay in Cincinnati long term? Yeah, um, I'm sure those questions are going to come up uh, a lot uh, right after the season um, because I. You know, I'm saying I'm having success. I'm, you know, only 23 years old, uh, so there is a lot of positives um, that I think that's in my game. But who knows? You know what? You know the Bengals think. You just never know, um, and that's the part of this business. So, um, you know, I try to just go out there and control as much as I can um, as far as you know on the field, 
off the field, making sure my family is um, taken care of, and just stuff like just small stuff, living right, you know, just working hard. Um, just the principles that my mom raised me off of. Uh, you just try to do that, and you let God, you know, figure that other stuff out. And then also, I mean, I, I feel like I've surrounded myself with, um, you know, great people that uh, represent me. So, um, you know, my, my answer to all those questions this offseason will probably be, hey, I'm just going to work hard and, you know, continue to do what I have to do. Um, but I want to go hire one of the best agents in the game. Um, and I have a great management team behind me that, um, you know, we're going to come up with a strategy and you know, hopefully that works on both sides of it. So. Um, we'll see. All right, so there's Jesse Bates on that topic. It, this is going to be the last of his. I'm not going to call him poor Christmases. I'm that's not. I'm not saying it that way. This is going to be the last of his non-rich Christmases. <laughs> Rest sure. of his life. By this time next year, uh, he will be a very, very, very rich man, uh, and he he has earned it. I mean, the look, the Pro Bowl is so dumb. It's voted poorly. The game is silly. There won't even be a game this year. The I feel bad for people that do have real contract bonuses attached to them because it is not a reflection of what you actually earned. It is I, I think there's some of that. It's always one or two years late. And you always stick around one or two years too long due to the popularity, just the lack of attention people pay to it. The better things to look at. PFWA All Pros, AP All Pros, PFF Pro Bowl team, which Jesse is on, obviously is the number one safety by a long shot. Um, he deserves it. The idea of not even being in the top three, I went and listed. You look at, and now granted, PFF grades, take them for what you will. Like There is a lot of, there's some, some subjectivity. There's some difference of opinion on things. It's not exact. It's a guideline. And it's a, it's a, they are a good guideline to have. Reputable guideline. Every team subscribes to it. Keep that in mind. And you have a guy who is number one safety. And the three people voted to the Pro Bowl ahead of him were four, eight, and 39 in the AFC. That's an overall. Tyron Matthew, 39. Now, he, he, it's a reputation pick. He is who he is. He's a honey badger. He's a playmaker. He does a lot of different things. He's been great. He is a great player. These guys are great players. Minka Fitzpatrick, great player. Justin Simmons, great player. Justin Simmons last year, second team all pro, no pro bowl. Very similar to because he broke out last year. Very similar to me. That's who he gets the respect the next year, right? And it comes with a contract typically. Justin Simmons got franchise tagged. Everyone says, oh, franchise tag. He's a franchise player. Oh, Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl vote because it's fans, because it's players who don't really don't know anything. Players know a little bit, but they typically the stuff they're voting on, they don't know. Coaches don't know, really. They don't pay attention enough attention to it. They know a little bit. You know, and so you got to look at people who are paid to pay attention to all of it and understand it all. And so I for Jesse Bates, I give him the all pro nod, I give him 15 million and tell him that he got hosed, which he already knows. I mean, the the thing is, all, do do you think he will not necessarily first team? Do you think he will be all pro this year? Because of I don't think he beats out Tyrone Matthew, or I do think he beats out Tyrone Matthew in that consideration. But I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick, I just as as good as he is, the reputation he has, and the fact that he's on a winning team. You know, Justin Simmons and 
and Jesse Bates are toiling at the bottom of the league. I just as de- deserving as he seems, I I still think even the the All Pro is maybe not as maybe a year away along with the Pro Bowl. Yeah, maybe it, you know it depends how much attention our voters paying. We know where PFF lands, right? Right. I mean that's that's going to happen for him, so we know that. Um, how much do pro football writers? How much does AP give credence to that? You know, I don't know. He's got a better chance of that than anything. Yeah, I mean, we, but we, you know, it's not everybody can see everything. That's the beauty. That's really the beauty of PFF is that even though it's a guideline, even though it's inexact, they do. They're looking at every single person and putting them all on the same scale, no matter what. And it's that's why I like in these situations you have to pay attention to them because they're they're the only ones really doing that. <laughs> like yeah. no voter, no no anybody else is able to really do that the right way and give proper respect and credit where it's deserved. And even then you have some fluctuation because I, I would assume I don't know the, the inner workings of PFF, but I I mean sixteen games every week, do you think it's one guy watching or sixteen different guys watching one game? Is it one guy watching two games? I mean, you're you're still they have a team of graders that basically go through. I don't, I, and I don't think it's like grading out the same team every week. No, I mean, I yeah. think you have a team that goes in there. So I mean, they, we uh, we could have them on in the offseason. Maybe we'll have them on and talk a little bit about their grading system a little bit more, so people have a better understanding of it. Um, but I I do trust it. I think coaches mm-hmm. trust it to a certain extent. I mean, I hear a lot. You hear all the time coaches talking about that and and people inside the building talking about how they look at it. So I, it's very real. Um, and I, I do think the raw stats more valuable than the grades, but again, guidelines. And I think it helps you. I'll right, stop here for a second and hear from a sponsor. Let's talk a little bit. Let's go a little bit looking forward here. Houston, Baltimore to finish the season. Bengals play at the Texans who are four and 10 and just barely behind the Bengals draft update here. One and two are locked in now. Jets and Jags battling it out. Bengals locked into three right now, but behind them, because Bengals are three, t- three, 10 and one behind them, Carolina, Atlanta and Houston, which is the pick going to Miami. They're loving that deal even more. <laughs> uh, it are all four and 10 right behind them. Now tiebreakers, that people get into with the stuff aren't going to come into play because the Bengals tie breaks them. Uh, and so we've got a game with spot on the line. They could fall us all the way back to six. They theoretically. Probably, I was going to say they probably will fall at least a couple spots because Atlanta plays at Kansas City this week. That's so that's, that's L. They're going to stay at four. And um, I, I don't have it here in front of me who Carolina plays, but. If you beat Houston, you you automatically jump them, and the tiebreaker may come into play uh, at some point because the Eagles are right there, one game ahead. There, that's who the Bengals tied, and they're one game ahead. Um, if they lose and the Bengals were to win, they would the Bengals would be tied with the the Eagles. I'm not sure how that tiebreaker plays out. So yeah, they feasibly they could fall all the way to number seven this week. I don't think it's going to happen because Atlanta is not going to upset Kansas city, but there is a lot riding on this game for sure. And then who knows what happens with Baltimore? Yeah. Carolina with, uh, has the saints and the football team the next two weeks. Um, yeah, so I think it's Washington this week. Washington this week. Yeah. And then they have the foot, they have, uh, uh, the saints after that. So, 
again, more than likely you'll see, uh, you know, at least definitely one loss, you know, probably two. So, yeah, I think in the Bengals, the chances of them beating Baltimore with a ton, Baltimore's going to have everything on the line. Something is going to be on the line for Baltimore big time. They're not going to be eliminated. Um, they're right there in the mix, and they're playing good now. So the chances of them win really, I think, comes down to this. I think if they lose in Houston, they're going to get the third pick, and they'll get Sewell. And here's another reason for that. Zach Wilson from BYU played really well in his bowl game, has had a great season, is getting all kinds of conversation as a, as a riser. The more quarterbacks in the mix, the better for the Bengals because they have theirs. You can either have an opportunity to trade out for a haul or it assures that the Jags and Jets both go quarterback one, two. We know Lawrence, but the question is that second pick. Would that be a quarterback? Would it be Justin Fields? Well, Justin Fields, I think, has maybe lost some people on his bandwagon over the last few weeks. Would you agree with that, Jay? Uh, Yes, for sure. Um, he, He did not look good at all. Saturday against Northwestern, but he's he just he started the year so hot and he's he's not he's not carried that through. He's ever the knock on him is holding the ball too long because he's he is such an incredible athlete that he can make plays happen. Uh, that's not going to translate at the next level. Um, the, the other interesting thing is, I mean, Zach Wilson, he he didn't look great in that game against Coastal, Coastal Carolina, but he is. He had the big bowl game yesterday. Um, he is rising. And then Trey Lance is kind of that dark horse. Dane Brugler mm-hmm. has been really high on on Trey Lance, and a lot of people may not know much about him because he plays for North Dakota State. They played one game this year, <laughs> basically, just so he could put tape out there for scouts. Um, that's how much that program thinks of that guy, to get everybody ready to play one game, basically for him. Um so he's another one that could be in that mix. Um, if you're a Bengal fan, you're, you're the, the team you're cheering for maybe the most this weekend is Jacksonville because if, if Jacksonville can knock off the the Bears, that, that puts the Jets back in that number one spot. Um, there's always that wild card that if the Jets are at number two, they decide to stick with Sam Darnold and, and they go for Panay Sewell. But I think if we see it go the other way where the Jets are number one, they're taking Trevor Lawrence and the Jags are taking a quarterback and then the Bengals, if they stay at three, can have Panay Sewell. There's a lot of time between now and then for all this stuff to play out and we're speculating now. It's easier to talk about it once it's set. But I will say this. I mean, if the Jets decide to stay with Sam Darnold, they're going to be getting calls. Mm-hmm. And you know, about teams and quarterback needy teams do crazy things with draft capital. And, you know, so I, I think I think and if the, if Sewell goes, the Bengals will be getting calls. And I and that's a, that's a good thing. Either way, being at three is big because you either get the tackle, you get you get this kid or you go back and you add a bunch of picks and get a guy, maybe somebody else. I mean, Daniel Jeremiah uh, has Slater from Northwestern as the number one tackle for right now. We'll see what that looks like as it goes on. But I mean. You, there's going to be questions about a guy who didn't play all year in Sewell who opted out. So you could make a good argument for moving back, and certainly this team has lots of holes to fill. The idea of getting multiple picks, you know, adding a two and a four or something like that and a future uh, just to move back a little bit and maybe still get Jamar Chase or something like that 
um, certainly something you could get behind. So a lot on the line in the on the losing side of things for the Bengals on Sunday. Otherwise, Miami moves up in front of them, whoever else does, and you're sitting a little bit further back, and it certainly isn't as spicy as it can be. Um, speaking of what will happen this weekend, we've got some a little bit of stats on that. Jay and I both did little bit, slightly different forms of research that came away with the same thesis, uh, and they were about well, what happens to these teams that pull off big upsets. What happens the next week? Is there a letdown factor, right? So I looked at all of these teams, the last – Ended up being the last 16 teams to pull off a double-digit underdog upset in December. So this late season, out of nowhere win. What happens the next week? Is there a letdown? Is there momentum from the big win? Is it hard to get that energy back up again? The next week, the last 16 teams to pull off a double-digit underdog upset victory in December. They went 2-14. and 14. They were 5-9-1 and one against the spread. So... Not good. Letdown factor has been consistent after these games. Um, whether we're talking spreads, whether we're talking just winning. Now, winning two and fourteen makes some logical sense. These are bad teams. They already were a double-digit underdog. They're not a good team, but they did just do something special. The idea of replicating it and turning into some sort of momentous streak has not really been consistent uh, over time. But you have even more on that. Well, yeah i i didn't I didn't look at just December. I looked at i i, I had the I found the fact on yesterday that this is the first time in NFL history that two teams that were fourteen point underdogs or greater both won. The Jets were seventeen and a half and beat the Rams. Bengals were fourteen and a half, beat the Steelers. Of course, that's never happened in the same week before. In, in fact, going back to when point spread started. In 1978, not they didn't start them, but that's when they started tracking them. There, there have been 15 teams now that have won outright as a 14 point underdog or, or greater. And of the ones that played the following week, there's 12 because obviously the, the Bengals and the Jets haven't played their following week game yet. Uh, last year, the the Dolphins pulled it off and week 17 against the Patriots and there was no there was no game after that. So there's 12 teams that have have done this in the past and only two have turned around and won the following week. One was in 92, a Colts team that beat a Patriot a 2 and 10 Patriots team. They were only one and a half point underdogs that following week. So that wasn't a huge upset. And then uh the Saints in 85, they, their following game that they got they were a huge underdog against the defending world champion 49ers and upset them and then they turned around the following week and they were a favorite and they won this was early in in that 85 season most of these teams are losing the the following week and losing their their point spread goes down the bengals are eight and a half point underdogs to the texans um only the the bills um in 2018 they they won a crazy upset game as a huge favorite. Turned around and went to Green Bay the following week, were eight and a half point underdogs and lost twenty two to nothing. So the, the the idea that the Bengals can can win back to back games as huge underdogs would would defy all of this. Uh, two and ten are teams the following week outright. Three and nine against the spread. 
That's a lot. Of so, so basically, the moral of the story is get your uh, get your parlays out against the Bengals and Jets uh, for for this weekend. Get them out. Get them together. Double up and, and bet the trend. As Jay knows, you never bet against the trend. Um, all right. Let's get into uh, talking about Sunday's game, and that means, I mean, look, here's the thing. The Texans aren't great. Um, They have Deshaun Watson, and he's playing great. It's like they have Watson and nothing else. Their defense is terrible. Um, All their receivers are out. Well, they, they, they are, they're playing guys that have hardly played before, but they're, you know, because they got Watson, they're putting up numbers. They're still scoring, finding ways to lose pretty consistently. But look, they give up a lot of points. Deshaun gets them a lot of points as a playmaker. And so can the Bengals' defense contain him? Can they find a way to keep it going and kind of slow him a little bit? It, it's weakness on weakness. I, or it's strength versus weakness on both sides a little bit. So I'm kind of curious to see how many points the Bengals can actually pull out against a bad Texans defense. Yeah, they they rank 31st in the league in total defense, 31st in run defense, which is uh, a good sign for the Bengals with with the way they've, they've they've tried to commit to the run. Even before that Pittsburgh game, they tried to commit to the run a little bit more with with Brandon Allen and Ryan Finley at quarterback. So um, I, I would expect to see a lot more of what we saw Monday night against Pittsburgh with with a lot of geo. We don't know yet what's going to happen. Brandon Allen, Ryan Finley. Um but offensively, Houston is 32nd in run offense. I mean, it's just – it is not a good team. Like you said, it is Deshaun Watson and a bunch of guys out there. Um, I I still think going on the road is the Bengals – they haven't proved it yet. You said never bet against the trend. The, the Bengals have not won a road game under Zach yet, and this is the last chance this year. Uh, might might be asking a bit much. Um, maybe, maybe a little bit of fool's gold coming off the, the Pittsburgh win – uh, I w- I'm still leaning for a Texans win here. We'll get to our predictions in a little bit, but um, I-, I do think it'll be a-, a close game. Most of these Texans games are they're f- uh, five of the last six uh, losses that the Bengals have to the Texans have been by six points or less. And the Texans have won eight of nine against the Bengals. And it just seems like every game comes down like that Christmas Eve game that lives uh. in Paul's nightmares. <laughs> They all come down right to the end, uh, and that would, it wouldn't shock me to see that happen again on Sunday. Randy, <laughs> the beginning of the of the Randy era of hatred <laughs> between the fans and their the kicker. Um, yeah, so I, I'm I'm with you. I just I think Watson's going to be enough for Houston, and I think that. You know, maybe the Bengals will be able to run the ball effectively if the game plan can look similar. I mean, I do think it has. They should basically just try out that Pittsburgh game plan again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is, I, I <laughs> Deshaun can actually beat them, <laughs> whereas Ben Ben really he didn't really have the ability to do it. And I think Deshaun can and give them trouble. That'll be a fun thing to watch and see how that plays. I'm with you. I I, I think we can get into our predictions here. I just don't. I don't think the Bengals will win this. I have Houston winning 26-21. Bengals cover. Give them the, I'll give them the cover. Uh, I'm going to go 16-14 Houston. I, I think it's going to be another low, grinded-out game. Um, and, yeah, Des- Deshaun Watson, yeah, I mean, his his first 
uh, some fans may remember, may not, his first NFL start was against the Bengals. Um, mm-hmm. Thursday off night a, football. Yep, ripped off a 50-yard touchdown run in that game. Um, that's the only time the Bengals have faced Deshaun Watson that he was out. That game, the Randy game, um, I can't remember. He was hurt, I think. I think that was TJ Yates come back. Yeah, him or Tom Savage. <laughs> I can't remember. It was one they of them. They have played so many backup. They've lost yes. to so many backup Texans quarterbacks over the years and sometimes in massive spots. Playoffs. Playoff games. Uh, <laughs> uh, that it's almost it's hard to it's hard to fathom. Um, okay. Uh, Bengals growler bet time. Okay. So last week, nobody even had the two sacks, much less two and the 11 yards that was necessary. So not even a so close this week. So we're going to kind of go back into that genre again. And that is, I need both of these, but they're both at very attainable numbers. Jay and I were both a little bit on different sides of the map on where we land on total points, but I'm going to say I need total combined points for the two teams, so your, your total number, and number of Bengals touchdowns. Total points scored by the two teams and Bengals touchdowns. You have to get both numbers correct. A reminder, send your single submission to me via email, P. Daner at theathletic.com. That's P-D-E-H-N-E-R at theathletic.com. Or hit us up on Twitter as long as you use hashtag Bengals Growler Bet. Hashtag Bengals Growler Bet on Twitter or via email. Make sure on the email you put Growler in the subject header. That's how I search it through emails. I get too many emails. ESPN sending me Muppets emails. (laughs) (laughs) It's like. There's just a lot in there. So make sure you have growler subject header so I can search that. Uh, all right. What do you got, Jay? What do you think? I'm going to stick with what I said there, 16-14. So they score 14 points, and they have they get those via two touchdowns. No no field goals for Austin Siebert or Seibert. Or if they go back to Randy Bullock to face his final, his former team and his, mm. his former nightmare, um, I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to stick with Seibert. But, yeah, 14 points, two touchdowns. So I guess I have 47 points. And, you know, I could oh, say. Total points. Total yes. points combined, so, both teams. Both Okay, so and is it, but it's just Bengals touchdowns. So I'll say 30 points yes. and two Bengals touchdowns. 30 points and two Bengals touchdowns. I have 47 points. And I could go seven Bengals field goals to get to 21, but I'll just say three touchdowns, I guess. So somehow. So 47 and three are my submissions for the Bengals growler bet today. All right. Run passer boot. Jay, you've got, you've got, uh, you've got one and then we have a Christmas one too. So run passer boot. What do you got? Bengals run passer boot. Yes. What, what will be greater over the final two games? Will it be Bengals points scored in the third quarter? And a quick reminder that they have not scored in the third quarter in seven straight games, and they've not scored a touchdown in the third quarter in 10 straight games. So Bengals points scored in the third quarter, their draft position, currently three, or defensive turnovers. They had three Monday night for the first time all year. So which of those numbers will be greater over the final two games? Well, the draft spot is at the end of it. Yes, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna run I'm gonna run with points. 
I just it takes one touchdown in two. I mean, what I know it hasn't happened. I know it's absurd. I just lucking into a touchdown in the third quarter feels like it's just something that's going to happen. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say points in the third quarter as I as a run. I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass on defensive turnovers. I think they're getting enough at this point, and I think they'll get some. Uh, I'll say that in draft position. I think it'll be three. So I I think they'll end up with four turnovers in the the last two games, which maybe is a little risky. Uh, But I'm saying so, yeah. that's, That's my direction I'm going. What do you got? Yeah, I'm with you on running with the points in the third quarter, even if they don't score a touchdown. I mean, just two field goals is six. And the draft spot, you don't think is going to go higher than that. Defense turnover is definitely not going higher than that. So I, I will run with with points scored in the third quarter. Um, I'm, I'm going to pass on draft spot, and I'll boot defensive turnovers. Um, Deshaun, Lamar, I don't know that they're going to be picking those guys off. They they It was a fluky Monday night, two fumble recoveries in one game. They only had three all year, and they got two in one game. So as as good as the defense is playing, I still don't see the turnovers happening. I'll I'll run with points, pass on the draft spot, and boot turnovers. I like it. Okay, uh, well let's let's wrap it up with a little Christmas cheer, <laughs> a final run passer boot for the Christmas folks out there. What do you do here? Run passer boot, a real tree that you cut yourself. A real tree, but pre-cut style, or artificial tree, Jay? Run, pass, or boot? Um, we've only done the real tree cut thing once, and I don't even remember it. I was so young; it just sounds awful. I don't, <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want to go out in the cold. I want to cut my own tree. I'm booting that right off the bat. Um, we do artificial every year. It is as tough as it is to get that thing out of the loft in the garage and as heavy as it is and <laughs> as much hassle as it is, it's still less burdensome than going out and picking out a tree. I just hate walking around in the cold and, and all the trees look alike to me, but everybody else in the family has to think that, that there's little differences. We, we did that for years. Uh, the last 10 years, we've probably done the artificial. Um, so I'm, I'm going to run with artificial pass on the pre-cut and boot the hell out of Cut down my own dream. Wow. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, I I'm gonna for, first off. I'm I'm gonna run with artificial. I mean, it's great. You can have them pre lit. Like, there's no mess. They're really the the way they make them now. They're not heavy. I mean, the new ones especially. It's it's too, fairly easy to deal with. Just the the no hassle, no muss, no fuss of the artificial tree. You know, you can make them look good. You know, you got a good one. I'm all about it. I am going to pass on cut it yourself because here's my reasoning. If I'm going to go and I'm going to bring the stupid needles into my house and have to water them and do all the other junk that comes along with the maintenance and, and all the crap, you know, sap on the hands, all this stuff. If, I, if I'm going to go through all of that, there's the one thing that does come from that is the experience of going out in the field, cutting her down or getting the one that's already balled up and burlap so you can plant it afterwards, be a real outdoorsman. You know, the exp- the Christmas experience. If I'm going to do that, which I'm not, 
But if I, I'm at least going to get the the story and the experience out of it, rather than the sad walk to the mall parking lot or whatever to like pick up my tree that's sitting there or Lowe's. It's like, oh yeah, really got the Christmas spirit going to Lowe's and having them <laughs> wrap up my tree for me. You know, I just if you're gonna do that, then at least you might as well turn it into a big thing. Let's make it up at least so at least to offset the hassle and the and all the problems that and that that come from having it in the house. The smell of the tree is the only good thing of the real tree. That's it. You're smells right. it's 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 a nice it's nice to have the fresh tree smell in the house. Everything else associated with the real tree inside the house is a total hassle that I can't stand. But that's my stance. It's fairly passionate, but that's my stance. Uh, so share that at your family Christmas Zooms. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you'd like to. Uh, Bengals and Texans uh, Sunday, 1 o'clock on Fox now, right? Yes. Uh, kicked over to Fox for whatever reason. Um, so you got that to look forward to. We'll be back with the walkout on Sunday night and then back on our regular schedule to wrap up home finale against the Ravens. So we'll talk to you on Sunday night and then we'll have our normal Tuesday, Thursday and leading up to the finale ending the season against the Ravens. Uh, thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, it's been great having you along even though the season hasn't been great we've had a lot of fun doing the show and wish you all a very 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 merry christmas and i hope all of you get what you want and hopefully not not all of you can get the gifts that we gave to the Bengals, especially that 15 million dollar per year contract for jesse bates but hopefully you get what you want so merry christmas everybody and i have a good one